the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's Monday. It's March 29th, and uh, we have a great program in store. You know, the um, report last night at 60 Minutes, um, I think there's going to be more reporting on this. And word is starting to leak out. And it's interesting how we still need the truth on exactly where this COVID virus, where the coronavirus came from. Because more and more, it certainly does seem, and this is what people have been alleging from the beginning, that it was, in fact, it somehow escaped out of a laboratory in Wuhan. And anyone that knows, you know, the virus, it's difficult. And the way that it is, it was able to immediately go after the respiratory system and people could feel it in their lungs. And um, 60 Minutes had a a good piece on it last night. And I just think there's going to be more of it. And I think that we have a right to know how this came about, the amount of damage that it has done, how it has absolutely uh, destroyed people's words. Um, Here's a little bit of um of last night leslie stall who's being criticized because she didn't go after this enough as far as investigating exactly um you know how this virus made its way and they you know people have gone after president trump i think president trump was right on the money for it but i want to play a little bit this was 60 minutes last night team for a reason and you know if you're going to work in china on coronaviruses and try and understand their origins, you should involve the people who know the most about that. And for better or for worse, I do. He says the team did look into the leak theory during a visit with lab scientists and deemed it extremely unlikely. I don't believe that. We met with them, we said, do you audit the lab? And they said, annually? Did you audit it after the outbreak? Yes. Was anything found? No. Do you test your staff? Yes. No but you're one was- just taking their word for it. Yes, well, exactly. What else can we do? There's a limit to what you can do. And we went right up to that limit. I we don't asked believe them that. tough questions. They weren't vetted in advance. Uh, and the answers they gave, we found to be um, believable. I don't believe it. Um, correct nope. and convincing. But weren't the Chinese engaged in a cover-up? Yes. They destroyed evidence. Yes. They punished scientists who yep. were trying to give evidence on this very question of the origin. Yes. Well, that wasn't our task to find out if China had covered up the origin issue. No, no, I know. Issue. I'm just saying, doesn't that make you wonder? We didn't see any evidence of any um, false reporting or cover-up in the work that we did in China. Because you weren't looking for it. Because you weren't looking for it. It was right there. I, I don't, but folks, I think this is what, um, he doesn't have basic answers for any of this. He really does not have basic answers, and we we deserve it. They didn't. I I don't think they went far enough. I think they were. Well, let me play a little bit more. This business of China ruling it out. Um, I don't believe it. They didn't demand access to the records and samples and key personnel. That's because of the ground rules China set with the WHO, which has never had the authority to make demands or enforce international protocols. It was agreed first that China would have veto power over over who even got to be on the mission. How is that possible? And WHO agreed to that. WHO agreed to that. On top of that, the WHO agreed that in most instances, China would do the primary investigation and then just share its findings with these international experts. So these international experts weren't allowed to do their own primary investigation. Wait, you're saying that China did the investigation and showed the results to the committee and that was it? Pretty much that was it. Not entirely, but pretty much that was it. Imagine if we had asked the Soviet Union to do a co-investigation of Chernobyl. It doesn't really make sense. China had ruled out a lab accident long before the WHO team arrived at the airport in Wuhan on January 14th and were greeted by people in full PPE gear. The team included some of the world's leading experts on how viruses are transmitted from animals to humans. 
But even though there have been accidental lab leaks of viruses in China in the past that have infected people and killed at least one, no one on the team was trained in how to formally investigate a lab leak. Oh, they that's were there what happened. For a four-week mission, but two of those weeks were spent holed up at this hotel in quarantine. Once out, they had some tense exchanges with their counterparts, a team of Chinese experts, over their refusal to provide raw data. That's what happened. I mean, it's tragic what happened, but... That's what happened. All right, folks, a lot more ahead right here. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring and time to call J. Cannell Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today. For for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Software. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Software. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Outside your home. Let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel. B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCard.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. We, um, I believe in the next couple of weeks, uh, sometime soon, we're going to hear who the state's new lieutenant governor is. Uh, where this lays off of the last we heard, there's now a top five. The top five will get an interview with Governor McKee. Uh, top five, the names are kind of the names that have been bantied about a little bit. You have the Providence City Council person, Savina Matos. You have the former mayor of Central Falls, James Diosa. You have Grace Diaz, who was an elected representative also from Providence. You have Lou De Palma from Middletown, who's a uh, 
in the General Assembly. And then you also have this woman, uh, Liz Barrick Perrick, who's uh, uh, <clears throat> she's uh, non-Latino uh, in, in I, I'm not sure, but she's just a Democrat fundraiser. Uh, what do you make of the process? And um, do you have any reason to believe it's not going to be the result that we have been expecting? <laughs> no, no reason to believe that. And in fact, that's that's pretty much my opinion of the process. I mean, it's been pretty predictable, I think. I mean, it seems like you could have just basic political assessment early on could get you to the probable answer. And nothing has happened to really change that impression. It looks to me like uh, Governor McKee had the admirable uh, goal of making it seem like a, a at least like a uh, a legitimate uh, position finding uh, process. And in reality, it's just a political calculation with a bunch of trapping. So, I mean, it's, it, it seems like, that, I mean, that's my cynical view of it is that this is pretty much foreordained. These folks are going to, I mean, the, the large number put in applications almost in vain, almost like a gag people trying out for the voice or something uh, or American Idol. Uh, then you had the, the narrowing down to the 10, which seemed again, just a, like a reality show going through the motions and now we're to the five and it'll all get to talk with McKee and it's a, ostensibly there's some uh, some chance he'll just be wowed by somebody somehow but uh, that seems pretty unlikely and that's probably not unlike a lot of job searches but this one happens to be happening in the public view and so I think we'll we'll learn more about what the what McKee is like than anything depending on the outcome what does it say <clears throat> the three of the top five uh, first of all, well, obviously all five are Democrats, even though some other people did go for it. But what does it say that three of the five, uh, how do you interpret that? Grace Diaz, James Diosa, former mayor of Central Falls, and then, and then uh, Spina Matos, the three of the five are uh, Latino. <laughs> but I think one of the most refreshingly honest statements I've seen on this came from Dan McGowan in the in the Boston Globe, where he, he said he had the pros and cons for all of the various five candidates. And the con, I think the only con, the only negative under uh, Lou De Palma was he's a white male, <laughs> which which I think, I mean, tells you about all you need to know. And it's it's a pretty sad statement on, on where we are right now as a country. Uh, but that's, I mean... The, the Democrat Party has gone so far into legitimizing this idea of identity politics, anti-racism, yep. all of that. Really, you have no choice. I mean, you white men aren't welcome. And if, if they're going to be picked, it's going to be either by some quirk of the political winds or because they're just so meritorious that you can't say no to them at this point. And so I think that's, that's what it comes down to. And I mean, the only other non-minority uh, although some people will count women as a minority as well, uh, is the Elizabeth Beretta Perrick. And that would be, if, if she were to get the nod, that would, to me, seem like a, an indication of uh, McKee looking for kind of the Raimondo path to the federal government. And I, I don't think, I mean, he's old enough and locally focused enough. I'm not sure that's where he wants to go. Uh, so I'm not sure why she's even in there at this point. So it really, I mean, he's he's hedged it around as it's it's got to be a minority and whether it's whether it's a, a man minority or, or a woman minority that i mean that's what it comes down to and i want people to clarify and again folks our segment is politics this week you know in some ways this current movement that we're in um well biden was the one that announced i'm going to pick a female as my vp and then as we went into the summer because of all the protests it suddenly became I'm going to pick a female of, co of, of color who's going to be my, my VP. Justin, I kind of liken it, and not everyone is up on this, by the way, but I kind of liken it to the old game when your kids are rock, paper, scissors, such as, you know, there was a time Liz uh, Barrick, uh, what's her what's her full name? Barrick Pezza? <laughs> Beretta Barrick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and no disrespect to her, but there was a time that would have seemed like, oh, okay, you know, there's, there's the choice, but the way that paper can can cover rock or the way that rock can break scissors, what is she she is trumped by is someone who happens to be Latino. And then even within that, uh, even though you may think, well, James Dios would be a good pick, 
actually then Sabina Matos Grace Diaz, they then trump uh, or like the way that rock and break scissors, they then are stronger than that. You know what's interesting is, and as you just said it, if he actually picked Lou De Palma, I think people would be shocked that he's picking basically a white male. That would think of that, Justin Katz, right now in 2021, and this is not just a Rhode Island thing. A controversial pick would be if he happened to pick another white male because he's a white male. Right. Well, I mean, that's and that's has to do with what they call the long march through the institutions. I mean, the, the yep. progressives now they've been they've been brainwashing kids in colleges for decades. They've moved on to elementary and middle and high schools. They're in the corporate boardroom now. They're they're throughout the media. You can hardly find a news story that isn't tilted left, especially in Rhode Island. And so it's you know, that's where it is. They set the terms of the debate. They tell you what will be controversial. So if you if if McKee picks a, you know, a, a competent professional uh, who who is popular in a part of the state where McKee himself is largely unknown, uh, who has experience legislating as who's an engineer, that's a controversial move because of the color of his skin. I mean, that's yeah. how racist we've become. Uh, but that, yeah, that's where we are. And whereas Grace Diaz, I mean, I, I don't have anything. She's been a, an okay legislator as far as I could see and a friendly person. And I, I don't know much about her professional background, but there's nothing, there's nothing that makes it obvious why she's on the list except race. And that's, that's a terrible, terrible yeah. way to be constructing our, our government or even our society. I mean, I, I hate even yeah. having to think of it in those terms. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but it can't be ignored. And what people need to understand, and I also recognize, especially, I think that with this Lieutenant Governor selection process, it, to me, it clarified that some people are not aware of where we have now reached. It is all about optics. Now, it's also about optics, and it's also about uh, Governor McKee, his his plan to try to win the Democrat primary next September and feeling that someone like Sabina Matos and or uh, Grace Diaz could help him in Providence, which is so crucial. But I really saw it where, you know, there was someone I think on social media that thought, well, I think Brendan Doherty would be a good choice. And I kind of laughed at that. Like, oh, what? You think he's going to pick another white male? Like, that's never happening like that. I fully there's no way that that would happen. And then, you know, early on. There was a, a young white male Republican from Cranston that actually thought he had a legitimate shot. And you kind of to me, it, it's like some people don't get it yet. That just that the game has changed. It's about optics. And it's also about strategy and fairness, because um, <clears throat> that's also why Anastasia Williams made the top 10. It, it also has to do with so he feels, I believe we're going to find out, but someone that he thinks can help him win a Democrat primary, which is different than winning a. A general election, uh, because the Democrat primary is so reliant on trying to win in, in especially in Providence, but Providence, Pawtucket and Central Falls. Justin Katz, speaking of that, how do you think Governor McKee is doing now? I know they like to say we're only, you know, three weeks and almost now going into four weeks on the job. I'll go first. I don't think he's out there enough. You're right. He is still an unknown. I don't think his team or he realize how difficult it is to break through, you know, the, the, the cloud of reaching people and the people, you know, so they know who you are. Because even his briefings, he doesn't do, he does less than a quarter of the talking at the briefings. He has too many people on stage to me. I recognize they can say it's a pandemic, but I, I also noticed, you know, when Governor Mundo used to do the Facebook of the COVID briefings i noticed she'd have like two thousand people sometimes watching her page watching her I, i'll monitor his his will be under 300 so i don't think you know different parts you mentioned like you know middletown or different parts of the state I, I we pay attention but i think most people still don't have a clue who he is or anything about him no i i think i think you're right on on that i mean the he should take the lesson about what we were just talking about the reason it's so hard for him to pick lou de palma is he's a white male well guess what dan mckee is a white that's man right. and that's he's going to face that exact same thing trying to buy off uh, progressives yep. trying to buy off the unions is not going to work it's sort of like we've been talking about for a while now with the uh, education commissioner never quite got I still probably, it seems, hasn't gotten the, the message. She needs parents out there advocating with her. It's the same thing for McKee. He needs to be out there. And, you know, he started 
with the he's been pushing for small business so that would definitely be nobody would call him a hypocrite or cynical for continuing that that's a great opportunity he could leverage that to go in every community and get to know people and make the make the support for him in the state so broad that there's no way you know the white male thing just won't work to defeat him uh but i i have i think beyond being on a stage and giving press conferences that's really where he needs to be concentrating he needs to be going town to town doing and and talking to small businesses and and getting finding those communities of support that are kind of everybody's reeling right now so they they would definitely be appreciative of it at this time so i think that would be a much better use of his time rather than you know standing on a stage giving more covid instructions or even within the early weeks you know going around the Providence area with Matos. I mean, he needs to, sure, he, he needs to win a Democrat primary, but, you know, maybe try going around the whole state and, and building up a statewide support, I think is going to be important for him, especially given the rolling identity politics. Um, I, I don't understand their strategy with the COVID briefing because Governor Mundo left with just, it had fallen down to a 40% approval rating. And then he's standing on stage with her people. I mean, if anything, what, what do you, what people should like, they added to her 40% approval rating, Dr. Scott and, and uh, Stephen Pryor. I have no idea why they're on the stage with him. Dr. Scott uh, totally botched the rollout. Stephen Pryor, I, I, you mark my words, that he won't be here by May 1st at the latest. What I don't understand, Justin Katz, is why is he letting him announce what's reopening? That should be Governor McKee announcing, you know, so that you get, oh, you know, people get excited of the reopening. Why do you have Stephen Pryor announcing that? He's not going to be here. That guy's, he's out of here. A number of people are going to be out of here. But anyhow, it's his briefing. All right, quick break, folks. A lot more politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchels at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly totaled vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle 
get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics Politics This Week. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, let's talk about the Providence schools. Um, I know that they're having a press conference. The teachers, they took the vote of no confidence in the superintendent, uh, Commissioner uh, Infante Green. Now, in fairness, I do want to roll back the clock. In 2019, John Hopkins' report came out May of 29th. May of 2019. Last year was the pandemic. We're into 2021. That summer, the education commissioner, Fonte Green, she did have a series of meetings and getting trying to get, as you've been saying, like the parent support. But let's face it, that was almost two years ago. Then you had the complete lockdown. I think now that it's gone to, um, you know, mediation with uh, former Supreme Court Frank Flaherty, I, I just I don't know what what took them so long. I mean, they already went through supposedly 300 hours. What I was told was in in the first they would say the first inning of negotiations, you could see that they were on opposite sides of the world. Um, the, The question I've been hearing is, why did it take 300 hours for you then to call in a mediator when when they they should have been in after the first day when you knew like, okay, so this is really going nowhere fast. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the frustrations. You, know, you, you come into, and part of this, understandably, I, I think we have to remember uh, Infante Green came in under Raimondo, who was trying to heal things up with the union yep. so she could move on to, right. uh, good, to national stage. So that was pressure on the education commissioner. But somebody coming in here with any sense of have, of needing to change, I mean, you don't get that kind of a report. You don't become known as one of the worst school districts in the country uh, for for no reason. And so somebody like that has got to come in and, and with the idea that we need major change here. And it shouldn't take anybody past second grade that long to figure out a key reason we're in this position is this super powerful teachers union that's calling the shots. Yeah. And so you, whatever your opinion on unions, if you want to help children in Providence, you need to know this is a this is a, an opponent you're going to have to battle. And I think she, she gave the impression, again, probably under the influence of, of Raimondo, of wanting to work with them and see where we can move, make some things move, move this log jam, sort of like that giant ship that's now in the Suez Canal, right? How do we get this thing out of the way? You know, where really you've got to say, we just need to blow this thing up and let the other boats through. Uh, that's my opinion, but not, not Suez Canal, I'm not advising that. But um, so I, I think they come in with this idea that they're going to, there's some way, some, somebody just isn't seeing how the log jam is and they're going to be able to find that. And they let critical moments pass. We're now two years on. I like that. that outrage, it is like the Suez that. Canal. That's an excellent, excellent <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Well, I mean, some, some big powerful thing blocking away and nobody's afraid, everybody's afraid to yes, blow it up and I like that. damage it. Uh, but the, uh, but we're now two years past. I wonder if, and this is, this is ultimately it falls on the parents and the people of Rhode Island. I wonder how many people even remember the outrage right. of that of, of that uh, report. We're now between COVID and time. We're now they've just the union has done what it's, it does. It, it dragged heels. It applied pressure. And everybody's kind of all right. Well, this is where we are. We need to figure out how to deal with it. And so it's going to come. We're, there's going to come to another crisis, another another test, maybe. Maybe when p- kids start going back and we get start getting more test results and stuff, and we, we see how much ground we lost during COVID, uh, that maybe that will cause will spark another crisis. That maybe um, a key driven state government will have a little bit more of a, a little bit more chutzpah, a little bit more willingness to push where it needs to be pushed, and and just break through this this problem but I, at this point it's 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 almost like his hiring of a lieutenant governor it's just a show you know you know you know the result there's nothing's going to happen they're just at this point to me if you if you're letting the unions drag you on this long 
uh, in Providence, after all of that national attention, you're, you're just trying to find a way to not fix anything that makes people think you're fixing something and you get another 10 years, yes. five to 10 years of, of the status quo. And that, that's, it's such a shame. But it, ultimately, again, it comes down to, I mean, I'm going to put a lot of blame on, on Raimondo uh, for her, her egotism and, and career search. Yeah. But most of the blame at the, at the end of the day falls on the parents and, and all of us as a community, not, not willing to do what needs to be done. Well, no, wait a minute. I'm not taking any accountability. You and I <laughs> would point out, you know, someone that negotiates with them said you can never listen to what they say. You have to watch what they do. You and I were calling them out for those. Remember the photos and the media goes along. Oh, look at this. It's a broken chair. The school is leaking. You remember the media. They won't let us in. Um, it's, it's, they play long game. They drag out. They, he said, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. It's it's hurdle. It's obstruction. Now they've already lost Ramundo. It's coming up on two years. Um, and, and, and also what what people don't realize is that they they actually don't want anything to change as much as they come and say, we're all in this together. We want to improve it. Let's face it, Justin. It's two years later. They have the vote. No confidence vote on her. We don't know if she's staying now. Because with Governor McKee, he could say he wants his own education commissioner. Um, they should have moved much more rapidly uh, when the state did the takeover. They should have moved much more quickly. And instead now it becomes court battle. It becomes, you know, uh, file this, file that, drag it out. They'll just try to wear it down. And then now you have the politics involved with, um, you know, he's up for reelection. What does he do? Does he really want the battle with the teachers unions or is he gonna they'll probably tell him you know we're having an open mind maybe we'll endorse you i don't think they have they have any intention but it is sad and one other thing i i want to mention is um you know one of the things that john hopkins pointed out and governor Armando said this a lot of companies that want to move in a lot of their employees want to live in providence and send their kids to public school in providence it's kind of a progressive mindset but that's reasonable you can't do that in Providence the way you could maybe, you know, in some other larger cities. Um, and the other thing is, <clears throat> you know, this week, everyone's been focused on how great Mary Ellen Goodwin and she introduced some bill about colon screening. And yet what it also does is no one mentions the fact she's the one that led the way to put a moratorium on charter schools. And she's a Providence person. She should be called out on that. That should have been like talk about a betrayal, you know, a moratorium on charter schools. But instead, they do a shot. No, no, no. Look over here. Look at, you know, she's introducing this legislation because she battled it. She got a standing ovation. And, you know, it, it's amazing to me how how easily people are fooled like a magician of like, look over here while I pull the, you know, the magic, the hat out of my trick over here. Oh yeah, well, I mean, and there's there's just so much money in it's we're in this confidence game that we call a government, this scam. I mean, it makes me think of I, I the other day last week I got a, a giant glossy postcard from the America's Federation of Teachers, uh, saying with big smiley face of of my representative over here, uh, Edwards, he can stop the expansion of charter schools. And you know, if you're just a oh, Joe wow. Republican or not Joe Republican, Joe resident, you're going to, you're going to take out this card. You're going to see the smiley face and a wow. nice yellow and blue color scheme and go, Oh yeah, well, we better stop those charter schools. They're taking money away from the public schools. You know, it's just, there's so much money in it. There's so much it's, that is what the state is run on. And it, as you say, you, it's incremental and long game. It's, Here's here's a person who's a Mary Ellen Goodwin. Let's distract with this her experience with the disease. So we're focusing on that and not on this bill. At the same time, we're carpet bombing the state. Uh, and, and I'm starting to look into the campaign finances of this. These postcards that go out in favor of of legislators don't seem to be reported anywhere. Um, but the they that's uh, that's just the way it's done. There's there's just everything they can do to push it toward their their ends which is always you know their financial gain and their power and that's where we are and it i i it does blow my mind that people are so easily distracted as you say you know before we take a break um i also want to get your thought now the democrat party announced that kate coin mccoy um she will now play the a major role within the democrat party a couple interesting things about that number one i have followed her career for 20 years i moderated the beat uh, when they were running, she ran for Congress and uh, lost in a 
in a primary where that was the uh, race that Jim Landrin, I believe, ran in. But she, she, this is someone, she was with Mirth York. She's one of the people that contacted Gina Raimondo, got her to run for office. She's a very longtime progressive. She is an AOC, Bernie Sanders. Uh, they used to call themselves liberals. Now it's progressive. Justin, the fact that she's being tapped, number one, <clears throat> I'll say this about her. She plays chess. She doesn't play checkers, this one. She is very smart. The media loves her. The media is also afraid of her. Um, this is, to me, it shows the direction the party's going. But this is also another sign. This is not good news for the Republican Party because basically, to me, she doesn't even consider them competition. Her endgame is to basically rid the party of any moderate Democrats. This is someone you can't pick someone. She's of the ilk of like a Sam Bell, Aaron Ruggenberg, the farthest left you could go, that type of progressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I my my Kate McCoy McCoy story is uh, early on when when Raimondo was running for treasurer, McCoy uh, Kate, uh, Kate was Kate involved with that. Yeah. yeah, it's a tongue twister. And she and I were on uh, Rhode Island Public Radio's oh. political roundtable at the same time. And before it went on, I don't know if she didn't know who I was or whatever, but she was chatting with uh, the reporters there. And obviously she's on their side with everything oh, yeah. on her side. And uh, she's talking about how uh, how exciting it was to have a progressive Raimondo or she's Catholic, but she's pro-abortion. Her name ends with a vowel, uh, you know, just, it was just, it was very educational to me, which, and has yeah. colored my way of, of any time anybody, Oh, Raimondo's you know, relatively moderate. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I, I think, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the Republican party has nothing really to fear from her. I mean, oh. she says we're trying to win up and down the ballot. Well, what else is there to win? You know, yeah. at this point, Republicans win almost in a fluke. There are a couple pockets. Maybe you could squeeze them out of, I doubt she's even going to spend much time thinking about that no. it's those it's those moderate to conservative democrats yep. who who are really have to worry they really have to start to ask themselves because they've they've sat back incrementally as the progressives and the democrat establishment have squeezed out everybody republicans etc cetera, etc cetera. and at some point you know those those democrats who every now and then i'm sure you hear from them too when you bump into them in a state house they go oh well i'm really in another state i'd be a republican i'm really on your side well you know you're gonna have to start thinking of how you're gonna triangulate that one now pal because this is they're coming for you that's yeah. you are all that's left for them that's before right. you've got a complete takeover folks quick break a lot more justin katz managing at oceanstatecurrent.com our segment is politics this week right here on the john DePietro show Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery 
It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCart.com. Justin, last week, I do want to get your thought on, um, boy, the Republican Party, especially in the House, really, actually just in the House, but they were really pushing against this climate bill. Um, They were unsuccessful. Nine out of the ten in the House did vote against it. Uh, Barbara and Fenton Fung voted in favor of it, which does not bode well. Uh, And then it was also, we found out, or I did on Twitter, she doesn't even caucus with the Republicans, uh, which is very disappointing. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on um, I'll say they they really went to the wall and came up short on this this climate bill that that went through the House. Right. Well, I mean, it's the they really lunged into it with just a a few days before the vote. And it was already done in the Senate. I mean, it wasn't they didn't they didn't quite get it early enough and so no. i mean they, they did all right they did ramp up there were probably some democrats particularly in the socket area who didn't who didn't uh vote for it which may not have happened if if lake Philippi and the republicans hadn't really made some noise at the last at the end hour there um they didn't they didn't get it to to the point where i mean at this point if if governor mckee were to veto it and by the way people can go to rifreedom.org slash energy choices and and send emails to mckee and nine legislators who might might flip but those nine legislators would have to flip in order to sustain a veto if there was one uh, so they did come up short and as you say one of the one of the reasons was uh barbara ann fenton fong which and this is this is now I don't know, a third or fourth time. It seems like every time I find a bill and I'll, 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 that I don't like and I read through it and I think this is terrible, who sponsored this? And I'll go and her name's within the top five sponsors of yeah. the bill and over and over again. It's really, it's really disappointing. But the thing that struck me was it, in, after some pushback for her vote, she said it wasn't even, she, she put out a statement that it wasn't even close in the calls and emails she received. It was 11 opposed to the bill and 114 supporting the bill, which, you know, okay, some activists got 114 people to send you a form letter probably is what happened. Uh, but the, the idea that uh, a Republican, Republicans need to lobby a Republican representative for something that I think is this obvious yeah. is, is frightening. And I, I think uh, she she's going to have to really think about if she wants to be reelected, maybe she just wants to get on that, take the Republican path onto that Democrat bandwagon. But uh, if she wants to be reelected as a Republican, she's really got to start thinking about how she's going to go about that. Those you you have to assume that you will you won as a Republican there's there's a few hundred people anyway out there who would of your of your voters who who oppose a bill like this and expect you to just know it uh, without having to send you an email for it. It's it's really a kind of a surprising turn of events. You know, it, it's also interesting. I mean, I, I I'll admit I pushed back when people used to say that Mattiello was basically the safeguard against the progressives taking over. And I I feel and I'm not a I, maybe I was wrong because. <laughs> You know, as much as he went, uh, you know, there was a lot of baggage along with him and a lot of the shenanigans and inside deals and and some of the people around him, he did keep them at bay. And suddenly with him out of there, look at what's moving forward, whether it be the situation with the gun bills. Um, I don't know what to make of that other than, you know, she's only one. There's 10 of them and what she didn't. And this is not the first time. And um, it's certainly one to pause. I agree with you that. Boy, I, I give them credit. I thought the Republicans, they made a good, solid argument. I thought they were winning the argument the night of the debate. It's just, um, 
I, I also, though, found it not that fully easy to understand. And it whizzed through the Senate. I don't know why they and, – and the head Republican in the Senate, uh, Dennis Algier, he voted in favor of it. And it doesn't ever seem to get in any repercussions. So um, go, what do you, what's your thought on that? Well, I, I chuckled because I had the same – as I was preparing for this call, I had the same note. Maybe I was wrong about the firewall thing. I just didn't realize how bad yeah. the fire was. I mean I, we could right. all feel the progressive heat coming through that firewall, but maybe that was just an indication. It was more like a, a waiting nuclear bomb over there. But the uh, – I think your, your comment about the complication of the debate is, is, is right on. I mean these are simple things, and one of the things – it's almost – it reminds me of the teachers unions dragging their hills. It's kind of, yes. it's the same thing. I saw some Democrat, I think it was Knight, Representative Knight, saying this bill doesn't do anything. It's this, it's very mild. And it was all nonsense what he was saying, but who knows? It's, this bill was written in plain language. I mean, just, it was lawyer talk, which was nonsense. Uh, yeah. You know, just, and that's what it is. I think a lot of them, a, a lot of Republicans and Republicans are the sponsored bills. I mean, there's, there's one that Republicans are pushing for uh, civics education that I think somebody, Shikarchi maybe, had Newberry shove a passage in there that makes it a left-wing, actually a left, pretty left-wing bill, terrible bill. Uh, but Republicans put it in the Senate as well because they, they, they don't, you know, they're, they're working stiffs like everybody else and they, they want to do some good. And so they run for office and they go in there and there's this language that appears, it's jargon they're not familiar with from, a, from national progressives. And they they go along with it, not knowing what it's going to be. Uh, and same things happened with, with pension bills, with, with just about any bills. It's, it's very difficult with all these bills flying through there. Like a hundred people are just supposed to know what all the ins and outs are. So I think that's what you end up getting. And then at the same time, they're trying to negotiate things they care, they really do care about and they're there for. And so, oh, Ruggiero says to Algiers, hey, well, I'll help you out with this if you go along with this. It's really not that big a deal. Okay, I'll go ahead and vote for that. And they think they're playing this standard legislative game. Really, it's, they're just advancing the, the far left progressive uh, agenda, which is uh, something we, we've, we've all got to figure out how to stop that from stop to figure out how to solve this puzzle. But it's, it's a political sticky point. And there just aren't I mean, Republicans needed to be out there much earlier explaining to people why it's bad, what it would do uh, than they were. And part of the problem is there's just not enough of them and they don't have enough field support out there. They don't have that giant Democrat machine with all the money to, and jobs to sh flush around so that somebody could explain to the representatives, this is why this is bad. There's just not that manpower out there. Well, and it also brings up, I'm, I'm fearful of what's going to happen with these voting bills that they want to turn into law. Uh, that's going to be coming down the pike. Now, I, I give credit to uh, Georgia, the Georgia Republicans that are trying to tighten up. And by the way, everything they're doing is making sense as far as no one. Should, there's no excuse if someone wants to vote without an ID. Uh, they, they, you know, they they take it out of context. This thing of you can't give food and water to someone in line. But as 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 you and I know, if you're a candidate, you're supposed to stay a certain distance away from the entrance of the polling station. And what they found is when people would line up, they would send people from the campaign over, and they're giving out. You know, let's just say here for next September, it would be the McKee people are handing out food and water and it's a McKee bottle and it's on McKee napkins. And they're saying, you know, that's you, you, you shouldn't be approaching them. It's influence. Um, it, it's not a, you're not supposed to be doing that type of thing. But they, it's flipped into you can't even give someone water standing in line. Well, it's not just giving them water. It's it's your you're trying to influence their vote mm -hmm. as they're standing in line. But what frightens me, Justin Katz, is I, I don't see I, – I, if, if we saw at the climate bill, the, the voting situation is, is – you know, when they start talking about Jim Crow laws and, and uh, it's reasonable and, and it wasn't this great the last election everyone participated, what, what they're really doing is I think they're about to turn – make a law with the Rhode Island election laws. People don't realize it, but there's – there's just so many gaps and room for whether it's the drop boxes or these unnotarized mail ballots. If these things go through it, we are just headed into, I mean, I think we're going into elections that are just, there's just, they're not going to be legitimate. <laughs> well, uh, not to be the extremist in the conversation, but it, to me, it's almost like just making it more honest. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we don't have legitimate elections. Uh, they're, right. they're already stolen. So it's, it's really just, just making it so it's, it's that much harder for them to get caught doing it. I mean, that's, that's really where we are, in my opinion. And so 
it, it is terrible. And it, it just the dishonesty on a national level, especially with Biden, the Jim Crow thing. I mean, yes. it's just, it, we're just, everybody's just so primed for that. It, I mean, it goes right back to McKee's pick for Lieutenant Governor, right? Everybody's just so primed for all this racial talk. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's just, we're, we're being led into to just complete falsehoods and, and just making, making fraud the name of, of the electoral game. And that's when, when again, on the left and the Democrats have all of this machinery in place in a place like Rhode Island to influence votes, to send out mailers, and then to cheat when, they, when they've got to catch that. If something slips through, they need to catch that last little bit of vote and, and get in some fake mail ballots or something. That's just really where we're coming to. It's that, that yeah. incremental game where just there is no chance. And so what's going to happen is they, the the uh, any, anybody who might be opposition is just going to leave because there's no way to change things here because we don't have a, a real representative democracy and things will just keep getting worse and worse and worse uh, while the insiders continue to, to gratify themselves. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCard.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Great discussion. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 888 6880517 come on brother call brothers disposal today put a purple dumpster in your driveway maybe you're doing some spring cleaning or maybe you want to clean out that basement the garage the attic call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 and remember now offering weekly trash collection services call for an estimate it's brothers disposal 401 Six eight eight zero five one seven.